In today's episode of the Neil Wilkins podcast, I'm joined by Nick Lorizio, who is the founder of AstuteTechnologist.com. Um, he's been described as the visionary force behind the creation of the Astute Advisor platform, and we're going to go into that and uh, what that involves uh, through this episode. Um, Nick has successfully developed an AI tool that really excels in offering expertise in cybersecurity, IT infrastructure, and software development, and his emphasis really really is all about integration of AI and IoT technology. So who better to talk to about the emerging opportunities, but also some of the fears and challenges that small uh, to medium-sized business owners are facing today. Um, but this will apply to you, whether you're a startup or a really well-established business. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of noise out there. And since Nick wrote his book, which has become really a seminal work on this topic, um, a book entitled Digitalization, The New Normal of the Post-Pandemic World. Nick has undoubtedly seen a lot of changes, a lot of opportunities emerging in this space, and we're going to go through a whole host of these in this conversation. So welcome, Nick, to the podcast. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much for having me, Neil. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I mean, it is a big introduction. I mean, you have been so close to all of this stuff. I mean, for some of us, you know, the concept to say AI has just suddenly emerged and hit us, you know, between the eyes because everybody's talking about it. But you've been deeply immersed in this kind of emerging space of technology within business for a long, long time now. I mean, how so? How come you found your place, you know, in that particular part of our sector? Well, the first thing I sold in my, my industry was a fax machine, right? So I came, I came out of school and I worked for a small family office, um, particularly with a lot of law firms in the greater Boston area, right? And then expanded my reach to New England, United States, and some global work. Um, really, I noticed a huge progression, and, and it happens so fast, right? So it goes from a lot of paper or on-premise computing and servers to, hey, we're going to go to the cloud, right? And it kind of evolved really, really quickly when the pandemic hit, right? And a lot of companies that have been in business for a long time um, have been forced to change and go to the cloud and make these changes, right? So we've now accelerated that progress by six years' time in just one year, right? And this was during the pandemic a few years back. So here we are in this post-pandemic world. I saw the change happening across my portfolio of customers uh, across the country, right? You know, it's, it's really a remarkable thing when you look at tools like 365 and what, what that has done, right? You know, we're going to the, the SaaS type of model um, as opposed to, okay, I'm willing to buy some computer hardware. It's going to degrade over, you know, five, six, seven years, and then I'll replace it and we'll have a big know, kind of capital expenditure that we uh, come in and do, you know, and uh, I did a lot of that. I sat with a lot of finance people, a lot of C-level, and we kind of crunched the numbers, right? And we took those CapEx numbers um, with some interest, if you will, and, and kind of spread it out over a term length. And that's how you kind of get to the cloud, right? The numbers never lie. Um, so, so we would do that. And then I'm like, okay, what's next? This huge change has happened. Right? The workforce is no longer tied to a desk in an office space, right? Where you have your firewall and your computer servers. So, you know, what what's the next kind of frontier? Right. And I saw things like self-driving cars and NFTs and stuff like 
thought, wow, this is amazing. So I just witnessed all this change in the business world and, and what's coming next. And, and that's really AI, what we're seeing now. And I kind of predicted this thing in 2021 being the next big kind of business change or catalyst. And it's just an amazing time. I, I liken this to the dot-com boom in the early 2000s, late 90s, right? So we're all kind of doing the uh, the gold rush, if you will, to to put our stake in this in this new frontier. So it's an interesting thing that you start with the uh, the kind of the, the SaaS approach because I think for a small to medium sized business and and um, I know a lot of my audience uh, are coming at this from a non corporate non enterprise angle where you know actually having your own servers having your own infrastructure is still probably for many still a thing but certainly for SMBs what we're looking at here probably is a model where you need to be a little bit more agile you need to be a little bit more flexible maybe uh, you don't necessarily need all the feature set of the big kind of technical platforms. So it allows you, I'm guessing, and I'm hoping to get your take on this one, Nick, it kind of allows you to be a little bit more flexible with the market needs, the kind of emerging opportunities. But therein lies some of the challenges. There's so much to think about. So, so where does one begin? I mean, if you see this, you know, maybe coming out from your, your competition or people are mentioning this in the media and they say, oh, there's these huge, great um, opportunities. You've described it there as a gold rush. It is quite daunting, isn't it? I mean, where do you start with something like this? Well, I think you need, I mean, if it depends on what lens you're looking at it from, whether you're a consumer right? You're someone who wants to start a business or you have an existing business. And that's where a lot of my work comes in, which is, you know, I have a business owner that has systems, software tools in place today that are aging and, you know, need to be replaced. Um, you know, and I'm a business owner, so I, I need to make somebody too. It's not, Hey, let's just move you to the cloud. I want to still add value and you know, maintain that relationship with the client. So, Really, it's it's coming into from from my lens. It's typically walking into that business with the aging infrastructure. It's taking a thousand foot view and looking at what kind of hardware do you have in place, what kind of software do you have in place. Um, you know, is there a third party kind of software that you need to run your business? Um, you know, what what can't be done with like a tool like three sixty five, Microsoft three sixty five, where you know every user gets a terabyte of storage, and really that's that's all you need, right? You know, so if you have 20 people, that's 20 terabytes of storage. Storage is cheap. You know, that used to be the 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 biggest one of the biggest money makers in the IT world was was data storage, right? And hard drives have come down in price so much that you know you can't charge 25 cents a gig, right? Like people used to do, right? So you know, it's just a different type of conversation today, and you have to kind of tailor. I've had to tailor my pitch in my business to meet that need as well as kind of work with the business owners on um, understanding that, you know, this is this is a good thing for them and that they're going to see a lot of operational benefits um, for moving to, to these new systems and tools. It feels like then that there's almost like this switch um, has happened, this side of pandemic. I know for you, and obviously with, with the book, um, that, that was kind of a key moment. I mean, there was, I think for a lot of us, a key kind of shift in attention focused and, and possibilities around that kind of, you know, sort of around the sort of time of sort of 2020. So we're looking at a few years ago now, even though it feels like yesterday. I mean, it, it seemed to be that we were constantly driven by 
by pre-pandemic, we would sort of driven by, okay, here's the, here's the technology. This is what it can do. Now fit your business practice to what the technology is allowing you to do. Feels like it's now the way you're describing it, the opposite way round. If I understand my process, I understand what my goals are, I understand the kind of thing that I'm looking to offer, be it a product or a service to the customer, it feels now like the technologies are beginning to become more adaptable to us rather than the other way around. This feels like it's it's almost like on the edge of a very exciting moment where it doesn't matter what we want to achieve, the technology can adapt to us. Is it is it that way around now? I would certainly say so. I mean, you know, I, I'm having more and more business conversations than I am heavy technical conversations when I first started in this industry. Um, you know, for a long time, it was, you know, I might be walking into an auto dealership or a, a healthcare practice or someone that's very specialized in their field and knows very little about technology. Maybe they have an in-person IT person that you know, I can kind of work with um, on, on that sort of thing. However, I'm, I'm really having a business conversation. You know, what are the products and services that you're offering? Um, you know, and how can I help you as your technology partner? giving you the tools and systems to make you more profitable, you know, make things easier for you. Maybe, you know, you want to, for a long time, the biggest expense other than employees uh, and payroll was, was office space, commercial leasing, right? So now what I'm seeing is more and more people that don't require a physical location, right? Like we right now are connecting, um, you know, more and more people that, that embrace these tools and, and give up on those commercial leases. I know some people are stuck in those 10-year deals. Um, but, you know, technology is becoming number two when they look at their annual budget, right? So how can you best leverage those technical dollars, right? And you know, hopefully that, that budget's increased. And how can you best deploy that capital um, to make your business very operationally efficient, leverage tools like Copilot within 365 and so on? But then also, you know, how can how can you keep your business protected and secure today? Because I would say that that's kind of one of the biggest catalysts for, for doing this change is you don't want to put your business at risk from tax like ransomware, right? Or, you know, with uh, you being in the UK, GDPR is a big one. You don't want to violate that and have to pay fines, right? So, you know, that's where I can really come in and add the most value, right? And, and say, hey, let's, let's keep your systems up to date, um, secure. And then, you know, you'll have all the benefits and from the latest and greatest software. Um, however, you don't have to worry about potential cyber attacks, which is, which is growing. So where do you feel a, uh, a business, <coughs> excuse me, um, where do you feel a business owner or a, uh, a marketer should kind of begin here then? Because, you know, you talk there about security, we've just mentioned process, you know, there's obviously emerging technologies will come on to the whole AI conversation in a minute, I'm sure. Um, but there's still things like Internet of Things. There's what somebody might term big data. You know, so, you know, we're talking CRM systems. You talk about 365. There's still a lot of stuff to kind of consider here, isn't there? Where would somebody sort of naturally start first? I mean, if if they kind of understand what their processes are, they've got a very clear strategy maybe for, for the business. They've got their financial targets, maybe a little bit of budget ready to invest in this. 
I mean, even before kind of starting to talk to somebody like yourself to kind of guide and sort of take them through a particular implementation project, where would the attention best begin? Because some of the stuff's emerging and, and really hot off the press, but some things have been around a while, but we haven't all embraced them yet. Well, I would say cut back and simplify. You know, especially you, there's something called technical debt that a lot of business owners over time just happen to attain. And that's, you know, I have now Salesforce as my CRM. I have 365 as my email, right? I have, you know, I have Norton antivirus for my antivirus. I have this third party that is my IT administrator. Maybe I have one guy in house who just does basic help desk, you know, and it, it can go on. I can go on and on where you have, so many different vendors to manage, right? And, and maybe it's not even you as the business owner that's managing all those different relationships, right? Maybe it's your front desk person. And that front desk person's also calling the cleaner. They're calling the CentOS for your uniforms and your office supplies or staples, right? So you have now, I'm, I'm already almost at 10 different vendors, right? And you can easily get to that point, um, you know, with, with uh, just the technology portion alone. Um, and, and, you know, I've argued, look, it's, I think for a long time, the case was, let's make things so complicated. And, you know, especially if you're an engineer, you know, they tend to get, they love all these different tools. Well, it's, it really, one, they oftentimes compete with one another. So if you have 365, it has its own antivirus tool and it has, you know, its own CRM with dynamics. So why do you need all these different vendors when they all effectively can do the same thing or have the same outcome. So, you know, my argument is like, I try not to play favorites too, too much, right? But let's, let's cut back. Let's do an audit of all these different vendors that you have and let's try and streamline and cut back and simplify as much as possible. Mm. And I think, yeah, for, for all of us, that there's a money saving there, which then obviously can be invested in actually doing the right thing. And I think a lot of us have, yeah, it's much, much like in life generally, isn't it, that, you know, we, we accumulate stuff over time. And particularly if we're a well-established business, might be going for a couple of decades, for example, the amount of wastage that we've probably accumulated, the amount of tech equipment that we've either got down in the basement or in the cupboard over there, it, it, it gets quite ugly doesn't it really and confusing so this whole kind of minimalist approach and maybe starting with a few blank flip charts or something that can just sort of say right if we were to reinvent ourselves from ground up again we'd be, we'd be doing it very differently wouldn't we do, do you think that's a healthy kind of mindset that less is definitely more here definitely and most of the times i have this conversation this is not at the forefront of somebody's mind right they you know they're not they're focused on their day-to-day -day practice and their their field and they probably haven't taken that view in a while of wow i should probably do some spring cleaning and you know do an audit of all my systems and work with somebody like me who can add a lot of value do you really need all these tools let's cut back and and that's why you know i say I want to have the business conversation and I want to provide value in that sense with my services and say, you know, that, that's what you're really getting out of this is having me as a phone call away as a partner to, to kind of be that voice of reason in the space and be able to audit and look at these partners and see what you actually need and come in and kind of do a restructuring of, of all your systems. And with AI today, it's, it's kind of pretty, 
I say easy, it can be a little time consuming, but that's okay. Once you're, you know, to go from A to Z, to go from, let's move all these files from Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, you know, <laughs> again, you can go on and on. And, and they might not even know where half their files are, right? So, so when you have that conversation, um, it can be very interesting. And you want to basically get all that data into one place want to, you know, because you have to look at it from a management point of view. If I have a portfolio of 100 accounts and they all have 10 different vendors, it's very hard to manage. I could never scale my practice to, to where I, I got it to um, in the past without kind of having everybody on you know, similar. My, my whole my line was disparate tools and systems, right? So I'm getting rid of that, moving away from all the different tools and systems. And look, I think competition's great. Competition's good. However, you know, as your trusted IT partner, I'm here to help you make that decision and let's just pick one and go with it. Mm. And, and I guess you, you, you've mentioned um, AI there. I mean, how are you seeing that come through in your work at the moment? Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of hype. Obviously, we're going to see a hype cycle here. I mean, it just is inevitable, but it's very, very quick. And that's certainly from, you know, knowing marketing and business pre-internet, then pre-social media, now post-social media, and obviously into AI with all the various iterations. I mean, I've seen these cycles come and go and, you know, you've just got to smile wryly when you think here we go again but this one feels different this one feels fundamentally potentially going to change everything and it's because of this whole automation piece isn't it how are you seeing that playing out are there any kind of case studies or examples of that actually working yet well i just read the other day i forget what publisher but four percent of businesses in the united states have actually rolled out ai so I think there, to your point, there is kind of this fear of what it's going to do to a company culture, what it's going to do to employees and, and how they view their jobs. And they're probably, you know, if somebody's writing two blogs a week, right, from your marketing lens, that, could, that traditionally could take a lot of time. But now with, with things like ChatGPT, it's remarkable how quickly I could, I could get that done. So, you know, it's going to be a... A, what I see is we're going to have a lot more creative work, a lot more creative freedom. Podcasting like we're doing right now is an, is an amazing showcase our ability to communicate and, and have conversations and, and do creative work. Um, but that 4% is a staggering, staggering number. And, you know, I think that you can use AI for a lot of things, but AI in business specifically is going to be a game changer. And we've only seen the, the beginning of it. Um, particularly with things like Copilot now, um, you know, if, if your company has rolled that out and it's org, most, most organizations use 365, particularly enterprises, um, you know, for most of their email and tasks and Excel and so on. And um, you know, when, when Copilot comes out, all the Excel reports, all the emails, right? Like, sure. I, I mean, I'll, I'll make some edits and tweaks to an email. Right? I try and put my own style so I don't sound too robotic. But, but you know, an email that would take me 30 minutes to, to, you know, write to that I might second guess or maybe even a little bit more because I'm writing somebody who's C-level at a you know, major Fortune 5 company and I really want to make sure that I, everything's good and, you know, no spelling errors and, you know, I've spent a lot of time on this, this email. Now with 
ChatGPT. It's like I just wrote that in a matter of seconds based on my inputs, you know, from experience. So I could just go, okay, who's you know, this is the the role of the person. This is the message I'm looking to get out to the person. You know, uh, maybe tell it we gotta come up with a joke, keep things lighthearted. I don't know, but and, and AI doesn't do particularly good at that. But uh, you know, let's uh, let's do this, and then I'll review it for maybe five minutes, and it's it's set. So that you know, thirty minutes or so that I would block off on my calendar. And, and that's crazy. That's a huge, it's a huge time saver in itself. Just just email, right? Where we would spend a lot of our time traditionally. Um, so I, I see that as a massive, massive game changer as companies roll it out. We're just going to have to relook at the way that we perform work, you know. And I don't necessarily see it as a big threat. I see it as an amazing enabler for uh, for society and businesses alike. Where do, where do you think? I'm I'm interested because obviously you know you work with a lot of different sort of types of companies, and what's your view in terms of where this additional resource that we're freeing up from ai is going to be able to go because you know the, the more people i talk to the more varied kind of opinions i get some people think yeah it's coming from a job and i'm just gonna to have to go and retrain and be somebody totally different others feel it's well okay i'm going to be a prompt engineer so i'm going to have to be really the one who looks after the ai um, other people sort of think actually it's going to free up so much time so instead of having you know all these meetings and stuff i can actually go and do some quality work and some some real kind of innovative thinking so become a bit more strategic rather than always chasing my tail i'm just wondering from your perspective nick what what do you see coming through as a maybe a theme or a trend here for how we're going to be able to use this additional time well I, i've said and i wrote this in my book before you know i was made public at mass scale um you know i was really saying focus on soft skills i think it's kind of a lost art i think what we're doing right now is a lost art um, you know, and I catch myself doing this too. You know, I went to a conference two weeks ago and I couldn't get off my phone. You know, I'm like this and I'm like, I, I would catch myself. Like I almost need like, uh, my watch to like chalk me or something. Um, but you know, it's, it's amazing how much time we spend with our faces on our phone. I think I average over four hours uh, a day, you know, looking at my phone, the screen time reports. And I'm always trying to get that down, but it's it's tough, especially with digital media and all the marketing that we've been doing there. Um, you know, it, it's soft skills is a, is an art that I think as a society we've kind of lost a little bit, and we need to figure out how to do that again. Where you know maybe somebody does the same thing as me, and this is another thing with AI. Just quick pivot, but um, you know I think that small businesses and medium-sized businesses are going to have the ability to compete with large enterprises. Like it's going to level, it's leveled the playing field really, right? You know, you could be a solo entrepreneur and, and automate a lot of different things where you're now competing at a, at another level that you couldn't before, which is great, right? So I think that's really interesting. However, some, something has to say, I want to buy from Nick, right? And not Neil, right? Or I want to, I want to, what's going to make me make a purchasing decision or have a relationship with Nick as opposed to somebody else? Right? And that's going to be the soft skills. What's going to set you apart, right? Where people want to do business with you. They want to work with you, you know, because yeah, somebody else could make the same product or offer the same service. And, you know, my passion just happens to be in IT and cyber, right? That's, you know, and I've, I've been doing this. I know how to do it. Um, you know, but, but at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to say, 
I support Nick. I want to do business with Nick. I can see myself having a long-term relationship, business relationship with him, right? And and why am I going to do that as opposed to somebody else? This is interesting. I don't think anybody yet has ever kind of mentioned the fact that actually people is part of this kind of AI automation opportunity. And I think what I'm now thinking, and thank you for this, Nick, because I, I, you know, this is a brand new thing for me as well, this whole idea that actually when we're planning and plotting our, let's call it IT implementation or changes, actually what we need to have in that mix, in those conversations is what are we going to do with the people resource that we're freeing up? And that's really, really interesting as an idea because it almost takes the fear away because then there's a, that's an opportunity. So rather than it being I'm on the back foot, oh, they're coming for my job, it's like, okay, now I've got extra time that enables me to do exactly what you've just described there. That is so positive and so enabling, I think, for so many people, isn't it? Thank you very much. And I think we saw this when a lot of small businesses couldn't sustain operations and had to close their doors during the pandemic. And people were like, wow, I've been going to that coffee shop down the street, right? And this is a simple example for, for years. And, you know, they weren't able to keep their doors open or keep staff employed, or maybe your son or daughter worked there and that was her first job, right? And, and when that happened, I think it hit home with a lot of people saying, wow, I don't necessarily want to give all my money to the, the massive corporation, I mean, I love their their tools and software and it's convenient. However, maybe I spent an extra couple of bucks at the store down the street because now I'm supporting my local economy. And, you know, that coffee shop sponsors my, my kids' baseball team or whatever it, it may be, right, to make those decisions. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more of that with AI. Mm, yeah, it's really, really good, isn't it? I think this... Kind of, it's it's a whole different kind of philosophy around it. I think a lot of us have got kind of caught up in this. Oh, ChatGPT, you know, it can do my posts, like you say, the blogs and the emails and stuff. It can do it so much faster. I can never compete, and it gives me ten thousand options of you know choices of keyword. Whereas if I was doing the research myself, I might come up with two. And and this and it's all this kind of fast, fast, fast. But actually, it's time to take a breath, isn't it? It's time to say, okay. It's here. Let's not panic. Let's just view this strategically, figure out the opportunity here. But we've got to then look inward and kind of reflect and introspect on what we are as an organization, small, medium or large. How are we going to then use the opportunity in terms of the resources that we're freeing up? It feels that this is a proper strategic opportunity. But the danger, of course, is that we get swept along in this hype, this media kind of frenzy. And, you know, you just got to look at your Twitter, formerly X or whatever it is. Um, it'll probably go back. Um, feed and all the other social networks that are available um, to just kind of feel like, oh, my goodness, I can't keep up with this. But actually, it's not about that at all, is it? I think what you're you're kind of guiding us in the direction of it. it's like yeah you can actually take some time out here and do this thing properly you don't have to react with a knee-jerk reaction to every little thing that just changes because I think by definition we can't keep up with this pace can we as individuals so we've got to almost be able to cherry pick from the bits we know are going to fit our model so we've got to do our model first uh, am I hearing this right I would say that's 100% accurate, um, you know, and, and how can I apply and, and leverage this tool in my business today? And I think 
you know, from your perspective, it's asking yourself where, you know, as a business owner, business leader, um, where am I at? What stage am I at? Am I in my growth stage? Am I looking to acquire every customer? Right. Am I, maybe I've been doing this for 30, 40 years and I just want as much free time as possible so that I can go golfing or get more into fitness or, you know, leverage all those things like calendar scheduling and automated marketing and follow-ups and and all that stuff so that I can have more free time to enjoy my life. Maybe that's the conversation, right? So I don't think it's always, you know, it's certainly not always a bad thing, but I think it starts there. Am I looking to grow and acquire every customer under the sun because I'm a new business? Great. It's going to help me do that. Or, you know, maybe I'm I'm in operational mode. I just want to cut back my costs a little bit. I want to kind of just maintain the business that I have. And I'm very happy with the revenue that I'm doing today. And I just want to kind of keep it close and automate a lot of the systems and processes that are in place today and um, keep it going. Or maybe I'm in a late stage. I'm looking to uh, optimize my time, have more time. I I still like what I do. Um, However, uh, you know, this is going to allow me to enjoy life more, right? So that's that's certainly a conversation to have. Um, You know, and I think the other one is maybe you want to prepare yourself to to sell and you want to make your business as lean and mean as possible so that you're very attractive to private equity. Mm. Other financial needs. What what happens if people don't do anything? What happens if a, 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 let's say a medium sized business just kind of is, is of that kind of um, either culture or mindset that, yeah, it's just another load of hype. It's going to go away. No, nobody's going to, you know, we'll, we'll just carry on doing business as we were. Um, we're. We're profitable. Everything's fine. Okay, we've got a few people leaving, but hey, so what? You know, th- it's not a mass exodus from our business. We're going to be okay, but we're actually, we're not really interested, Nick, in your services or anyone like you because we're, we're fine as we are. That kind of, that mentality that we're not going to try and fix it until it's broken what's going to happen to businesses like that in your view? Well, I'm a bit biased here because it's my bread and butter, but uh, <laughs> I would say that you're not going to be able to compete. Right. And you know, that's, I, I fully believe that. Right. You know, and um, I would say it's like not making a website, you know, in, in 2000, right? it's when everything went online, you know, I think we're in a very similar situation. Right. And if you're not going to capture the operational benefits, the the speed that you can operate at, the so much, so much benefits. It's, it's, I can go on and on. But if you're not going to capture that, somebody else will. And it might not even be a mid-market player. It might be somebody that worked for you. It might be a competitor. It might be somebody who just goes off, sees the opportunity, automates your entire business, calls it something different, and is now going to jump years ahead. Um, so I would say that you're putting your business at, at severe risk by not embracing and leveraging these tools today. Mm, I think, you know, for, for anybody listening to this thinking, okay, yeah, I hear it, I get it, but I'm super busy right now. So I'll, I'll put it off till tomorrow. And of course, we know tomorrow never comes. I think you really just need to listen to Nick there because that does echo, I have to say, everything that I'm hearing. And uh, when you look at some of the, you know, the biggest economists in this world, I mean, they're, they're actually saying a very, very similar thing. So it comes from the kind of, you know, e- economist side of the world. It comes from our side of the world. It comes from, 
you know, a lot of the media are saying a similar thing. So I think you just have to be aware that what Nick is evangelizing here actually is the reality. Um, but it doesn't have to be painful. I mean, I think this is the thing I'm picking up from you, Nick, is that, you know, actually it should be an actual pleasant exercise to do this, this kind of self-reflection as a business on, okay, where are we good? What are the opportunities? What are the competition doing? You know, what actually can we actually get slicker and, and better at? And we, if, as long as we're kind of smart in the way that we do this, there's a really good upside on the other side. I mean, it, it should be a, an enjoyable process, shouldn't it? This shouldn't be a painful exercise. A hundred percent. I mean, look, if you gave me the option to use a shovel or an excavator, I'm going to take the excavator every day, right? I'm going to be able to output a lot more work and, and, and make a lot more progress a lot faster um, and, you know, not get hurt, not have to dig, dig, dig and hot, hot heat all day, right? I mean, I would really compare this to the Industrial Revolution hundreds of years ago when the machines came. That That's really the impact that I'm seeing AI have. So, you know, I'm not going to keep using a shovel just because the excavators here are going to change. However, I think that, you know, there's I'm certainly an early adopter and there's there's going to be people that are stubborn and, and hold on to change and you know, they'll be forced to either sell or uh, or um, you know give give up the business. Mm. And I think there's something really quite nice. I mean, just to, to build on that phrase, you know, early adopter. I think even if you're kind of listening to this and you don't feel that you're an early adopter and you almost have to see the tangible evidence multiple times, what I would recommend is that you know, you stay close to somebody like Nick because the kind of work that Nick is doing, the kind of stuff that you know he's creating, obviously the book, and we'll talk about that in a second, but you know, kind of just this evidence, this kind of groundswell of of reasons why and opportunities why this is such a good thing is almost irresistible. I mean, I think even if you're not ready to do, to do this and to jump right now, keeping close to somebody like Nick and watching Nick's work and staying close and it just feels that that is the right thing to do. Is, is that what you would guide somebody to do, Nick? Because obviously not everybody is ready to kind of embrace this or take you on board or, you know, kind of really face up to this right now. But at least if they're listening and just keeping you on the radar and, and people like you, that feels like a sensible thing to do, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And look, I can, I can say, okay, you know, I might not have a company that does exactly what you do in my portfolio, but I have something very similar, similar size, right? Similar age of doing business. Um, you know, I can look at a portfolio of customers that I currently work with, as well as I've worked with in the past, and and say, hey, you know, Joe over here is is already implemented this, and we've seen an amazing improvement in, in these areas, right? So you can get that kind of real world value from working with somebody like me who's not just within your organization kind of just so wrapped up in the day-to-day -day, it really helps to have an outside perspective come in um, evaluate your current systems and, and you yourself as a business owner um, might be so wrapped up in your current systems and processes that you're unable to kind of take that thousand foot view and, and bringing someone like me in can be a tremendous value Mm. So let's connect people with you then, Nick. Um, where, where should they go? I know you've got a link tree, which has got access to everything that you do and have ever done. And um, obviously, I'll put that in the uh, in the description of the, this particular episode so everyone can get it. But is there a kind of a first point of call? Is that it? Or is there a website that you'd like to point people towards? 
Sure. So I think Linktree, and I know your audience loves marketing. So I think Linktree is a great, great tool, especially for the personal brand that has grown in popularity so much over the last few years here. So Linktree is great, right? I have, you know, and my my at, if you will, is N Lorizio, L-O-R-I-Z-I-O, Italian last name. Um, so I have that across all my channels, right? And Linktree is a great place to put all your links. You can kind of have, I have my Amazon book, Digitalization, the New Normal um, of the post-pandemic world that I published when I saw a lot of these changes coming down the pipeline a couple of years ago. Because um, I knew there was going to be so much changes and I um, wanted to have, have some sort of solidified publication that says, okay, this was, you, you, you did do this and you did see this coming because it's amazing how quickly things can um, so I have my blog, I have my website, astutetechnologist.com, where I offer services as well as custom solutions. Um, you know, we're on YouTube. We have, I have an Instagram page, at Rizio, um, as well as TikTok and, and various channels, because what's really incredible is you can publish the same piece of content on one platform, and it can perform tremendously better um, on the other, which is, which is remarkable. So I would definitely recommend multiple tools for marketing, um, not necessarily business operations, but when it comes to marketing, um, you can kind of put the same piece of content up on multiple platforms, um, which is really advantageous. Brilliant. Nick, thank you so much for your time and, uh, and observations and, and energies and wisdom today. It's been uh, so really useful to get a real kind of affirmation of kind of my thinking in terms of the way I was sort of uh, recommending things to people and obviously sharing stuff. And uh, it's been great to hear that kind of at the coalface of somebody who's actually working with businesses on this stuff right now that um that kind of for some of us we're, we're kind of we're thinking in the right way but i think for all of us there's there's never a better time to kind of self-reflect and and really take nick's advice on and uh, and start to really make things happen so thank you again nick it's been really really good thank you neil it was a pleasure speaking with you i hope to stay in touch